Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm also co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of .org Source, a consultancy to associations. Today, my guest is Amanda Kaiser. Amanda is a member engagement specialist. She is also an author and sought-after speaker who has presented in many prominent association venues. Recently, Amanda partnered with Matchbox Virtual Media to co-create the Virtual Networking Incubator. She also collaborated with dynamic benchmarking to develop a new member engagement study. And this is super exciting. She has just completed a new book. The title is Elevating Engagement, Uncommon Strategies for Creating a Thriving Member Community. The book will be available on Amazon on Valentine's Day. How exciting. Uh, but you can pre-order your copy now. And I'm really excited to hear um, and discuss this topic with you, Amanda. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Ah, thanks, Sherry. I'm so delighted to be here. So tell us a little bit about Kaiser Insights and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I I really started my career at Crayola. I worked in marketing at Crayola and I I didn't I wouldn't have called Sorry. it this at the time, but uh, I was I was doing consumer engagement. And I worked at Crayola for a really long time. 15 years ago, I transitioned to the association community, which I love, by the way, this is where my heart is. And, um, and I started conducting uh, member research, specifically member interviews. And I found through those interviews that everything around the health of an of a organization or a member association really revolves around engagement. And so now I speak and I write all about member engagement. That's great. So let's talk about the book. I'm so excited. Um, I just got got my copy. Thank you for sending that to me. Um, and I can't wait to dig in. I haven't been able to do that yet, but I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait to kind of dig in. I've, I've read a little bit. Um, so what is the inspiration in writing uh, your book? Yeah, absolutely. I am super excited about the book because it's, uh, it, it, you know, it gives me 150 pages to really delve into, um, I think, some new thinking on engagement. So, that, so there's, there's kind of two inspirations for writing it. One is I'm noticing that members are engaging differently with their associations than they used to. So, so the nature of engagement is fundamentally changing. And that is because we are all so darned busy. So yeah. members really don't have ha, have uh, the the time to pay them as much of attention. They don't have as much time to volunteer. They don't have as much time to write and speak and 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 do all of the things that we would love for them to do. So so one uh, this book is kind of you know how do you battle that lack of time? So I, I wrote about that. The, the second reason is in these 477 member interviews, I think one of the most startling conclusions for me, you know, talking to members from, you know, all different levels, levels of the hierarchy, all different professions, all different industries from, you know, all different sorts of associations, 
there's there was a lot of through lines and and one of those things that really struck me was is that the decision to engage is not logical at all the decision to gay engage is actually emotional and um and so you know i think sometimes we the insiders in in the association industry we look at the decision to join and renew and contribute and volunteer and we think oh it's logic driven it, you know they're joining for our benefits and they're you know they're engaging because we are providing them something they need and, and it's really not at all that at all uh they're they're really it's really an emotional decision so this book is very much a look at engagement through our members eyes as they progress through their member journey um and, and it's about the emotional side of that journey so how do you define the difference between experience and engagement then yeah that's a great question so so experience is a component of engagement the the way i like to define engagement is value plus experience equals engagement so we do have to have the value for sure but it's not the only part the other part is our members positive experiences so you know we give members lots of value we also provide them with lots of positive experiences, and that's what uh, helps them to make those decisions to engage. And so what are some of the uncommon strategies for engagement that you identified? Yeah, and what, I guess what makes those these ideas kind of unique? Yeah, um, I think when we talk about associations, when we talk about engagement, the conversation inevitably focuses around value a lot. You know, do we have sure. our value proposition correct? Uh, are we communicating value correctly? Are we are we are we creating value by answering those needs? So so we've been talking about that, and I think largely lots of associations are doing a very good job with value because they wouldn't have gotten to where they are if they weren't. The thing we're we're not so much talking about is the experience side of things. Um, and so let, let me let me kind of give you some examples of experiences. So so experiences can be just as small as walking up to the registration desk and somebody smiles at you. It can be mm -hmm. as small as coming on to an online meeting for the very first time and and uh, and a chat ambassador says, oh, hello, Sherry, it's so nice to see you here. You know, like th those are experiences. And um, and so when you take, you know, wonderful value along with these really lovely experiences, that that's what helps create engagement. And, and so the, the reason why I call them uncommon strategies is because I, I think associations are leaning into the experience thing here and there, but not consistently. And it's not something that's at the top of what we talk about all of the time. And so what I'd like to see is I'd like to see people start focusing on uh, not just thinking about, you know, what is it that we're providing members? What is the value pro we're providing members? But, but really, how do we want members to feel after every single interaction with our association? Yeah, and I think that's really important. I mean, for my side of things, um, I'm always talking about that with the digital experience, right? And I was like, you have, you might have a great experience on site, you said, like at the meeting, and everybody is excited and and then you get online and then it's a horrible experience and now you're frustrated or those types of things. So it's kind of near and dear to my heart, but in a little bit of a narrow way, but, um, but it just kind of provided, you know, just put a thought in my head when you're talking about what are those uncommon, 
you know, strategies and the, those, you know, those experiences the members are, are having with your organization. So tell me a little bit, you know, what do you think association leaders are going to need to do differently, um, especially after they read your book? Yeah. So, so really, um, the book is full of just hundreds of ideas. I, I, I like to think that you know, there's tons of uh, strategies and then thousands of tactics and they're really yeah. just examples. But but the reason why I tried to load it with, you know, a whole lot of uh, not for case studies, but like little ideas, things that I pulled from the wild, things that I pulled from associations uh, that that other associations are doing well um, is because I wanted to give people just tons of examples about how this actually looks. And and I tried to pinpoint you know, every little contact that you might have. Uh, so you talked to just now about, you know, the website experience and, and I've listened to some of your podcasts, Sherry, and you've talked about, you know, who's in charge of that, that online user experience. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. So um, every, every single email we send a member, whether it's from, you know, a staff person or a volunteer, or it's a mass mailing is an, an opportunity for experience. Every yeah. time we send them an invoice, every time we send them a receipt, every time we send them a video or invite them onto a webinar or invite them to our conference, every single one of those is not a transaction. It's actually an opportunity for an experience. And, and so this is the, the shift that, that I'd love to see happen more and more in our community is, uh, and I've been, I've been playing around with this. In fact, I, I, um, there's, a, there's a recent blog post where I said, I'm inviting everybody in the association community to become a CEO. And what I mean by that is chief experience officer. And it's not gonna be the title on your LinkedIn profile unless that's truly your title. Uh, but it, you know, I would like everybody to become a CEO, and and that means people in the association who are in IT, people who are in accounting, people who are in events. It's not just for the membership folks. Everybody can become a chief experience officer, and just think about how, with you know, every single connection we're making with our members, we can turn that into a really positive experience for them. You know, as, as you're talking about that, Amanda, I think back on my career and I guess in my early years of association management, the associations, the two that I worked for, uh, were very focused on that ex experience. Um, and I think over time, I think because of because of technology and because we get so busy and because we have less time and and because we have distractions and all of those things we kind of almost, we stopped, started losing, I think, sight of that experience a little bit because in our experiences where we're getting busy, we've got to do all these things and we've got to publish them in all these different ways. And, and so, so I'm glad that you're bringing this up because it just kind of made me reflect there for a second as to, you know, how we, we may have, you know, a lot of our organizations have got away from that, that discussion, which is really important. And so with that, I guess, you know, what are you seeing that associations are getting wrong about member engagement? Yeah, I, um, I, I don't think it's just associations. I think this is, this is in for all organizations and kind of all walks of life. So associations are, are not really uh, unique in this. What I, what I see um, you know, with online retailers and 
you know, big box stores and uh, even some mom and pops is there's this value only thought process. You know, like I said, if we give them enough value, then they're going to find us because we're solving one of their problems. And so, you know, a lot of times we think, you know, when we say somebody is not renewing, we think, oh, it's because our association doesn't offer enough value or because we couldn't communicate the right value to them. But again, I think that value is only one half of the engagement uh, equation that the decision to engage um, is also all about experience. And so when, when you know, one of the things that I found in my research is that when people join, uh, they're very much looking for clues that the community they just joined is full of people like them. So it's not enough for us to say with a great deal amount of logic that, you know, this group is a group of professionals with your title. Um, what they really want to know is they really want to know those things that we would normally not articulate. Um, it's like the, the, the sort of the, the deep little secrets hidden in the recesses of our brain. Uh, you know, we want to know like, hey, are these people nice? Are they people who are going to accept me? Are they people who are going to value me? Uh, are they have they created a safe space for us to be in? And and so, you know, so going back to, um, you know, uh, what we might be getting wrong about member engagement is we we can't we can't logic our way into this one. We, we really have to. Um, you know, I, I, when I say appeal to the emotions, I, 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 I worry about that phrasing because it almost sounds like, like scammy in some way, but it's not. I, what I, what I really want us to do is just realize that it's an emotional decision, and and we need to help people with that emotional decision. Sure. So I'd love to hear some success stories um, and how those organizations have increased engagement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the pandemic was horrible, and it was also amazing at the same time, right? For associations, uh, one of the things that I saw a lot of associations doing was was trying to answer their members' need to connect during the pandemic, and so sure. there was tons of very rapid innovation. And um, one of the places that was, you know, kind of near and dear to my heart was this whole idea of virtual networking, and so associations tried. Uh, coffee hours and couch sessions and and things like you know games with grapes you know all all different kinds of fun ways to get folks together, and what I saw observing those is where where the host were found the most success is when they had an event that was super highly structured and so what they were doing is they were creating many experiences. And in, in contrast to, to some of those, um, the association hosts would kind of open up a Zoom room and say, we've made the place for you. Now, you know, now go forth and make your connections. Um, on the other end of the spectrum what were the association hosts that were saying, okay, I am going to seed questions for conversation and I've come up with a couple of activities and hey, let's get to get together around a, a topic and we're going to do some problem solving when when there was that kind of structure when somebody thoughtfully you know thought through those experiences there there was a lot of success yeah yeah i saw the same thing that's that's great um so how do you think or should our engagement strategies for gen x and and gen z differ from our approaches to our more let's call them senior members yeah mm -hmm. 
That's a that's a really good question. And I, I love to think about this in terms of career level. So in the in the research, um, I saw some really interesting stratifications by career level. Young professionals are very much uh, focused on their success in their job. And they they wanna learn everything that they can do to be successful in the job. And then as you grow in your career, your, your focus starts to expand. And so you become a manager and now you're concerned about the success of your team. And then maybe you become part of the C-suite. And so now you're thinking about the success of your whole organization. And at some point you might even expand your focus even more. So you're starting to think about the success of your profession or your industry. Now, as you move into your career more and more and more, um, your problems become bigger and bigger and bigger. So young professionals, they're following that very well-trodden path and uh and so you know it's it's kind of easy to say oh you're running into this problem 100 people before you have run into this problem here are some things that might help out but as you start to to take on more responsibility um you start to run into problems like oh you know consolidation or government regulations or you know like just these big thorny hairy problems and um, and one and this is one of the stages of engagement. So so people start to run into these big thorny problems, um, and they want to collaborate with others like them to solve these unsolvable problems. And there's some associations that facilitate the collaboration, and then there's some associations that don't. And for those associations that's the point at which a member would outgrow the association and they'll they'll find ways to find their people and collaborate on their own. Uh, but I think it's a huge last opportunity because associations are absolutely perfectly positioned to help members at this stage. I have a whole chapter around collaboration and uh, and I'm super, super excited to see how associations are using and leveraging that. I love how you describe that because how I described my career, I said, yeah, you always, I wanted to get to the table. I wanted to be at that C-suite table. And then when I got there, there was the big thorny problems. And I said, I hate the table. (laughs) 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 So let's go be a consultant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, but you talk about the progression, you know, in your career and it was right. Like it's exactly right. But it's, uh, it was funny as you were kind of describing that. Of course, Um, now that you're a consultant, you're, you're now, you're now helping everybody else with their big thorny problems. problems. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so what role does social media play? Do you feel with uh, member engagement? Uh, uh, social media. So, I, you know, I think it really depends on the association. Some associations are using social media uh, to attract new members, and that's really fabulous. That and and one of the things that that I do like about social media is is the vibe of social media is sort of that it can be a little uh, a little casual. It can be a little friendly. It can you know you can sprinkle in emoji and hashtags and and warm it up. And and so so. Social media can give um, you know, membership, uh, not membership, but you know, association leaders a, a chance to to really welcome folks in a very warm, casual, natural way, in a way that it might be hard for them to change the tone of, say, their other communications like email. So, so yeah, I, I think you can definitely use social media to your advantage to engage members. 
And how do you think associations can use their most um, enthusiastic members as influencers? This is interesting. And I'm going to follow up on that a little bit. You know, we do our, as we're kind of doing our own research and, and talking to members of organizations, um, one of my consult, my consulting team came back to me and said, yeah, we're working with this medical society and the younger physicians are following these influencers on TikTok. And I was like, oh, come on. But like, oh no, they're not going to the guidelines of care, you know, that we've like, of course, you go look at the guidelines on the website. They said, no, they're following these influencers on TikTok. So I didn't believe them. I thought they were, you know, just uh, whatever. So then I started, well, I was like, give me the names. I'm going to go and look them up. Oh, no, they've got like all these big, doc, you know, all these docs following them. So uh, anyway, it just always makes me think about, you know, is there ways that are we missing the boat by not using those enthusiastic members that are out there sharing and maybe not even in the formats that, you know, we're, we're used to, or we are using. That's an, that's an incredible example. Yeah. I, um, so I absolutely, I, I think that there's tons of opportunities to you to work with the influences influencers in your, uh, your community, whether they're, um, you know, they're members or consultants or other associations, you know, there's lots of, you know, lots of really interesting ideas. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this one example from my own uh, business experience with this book. Uh, so I, you know, we're in pre-order season right now, and I've been doing lots of posts to social media, and I've been writing, a, a, you know, a lot of emails and articles and, and all kinds of things. And when I send out my own post, you know, saying, hey, it's it's pre-order time, I get some really nice response. But it is nothing compared to the response of somebody taking my post and then, you know, another another person in the association industry who has their own following. They take my post and repost it with a few of their own words. Th that is actually driving far more traffic and interest to my book than me alone. So sure. yes, yeah, I, I think that that embracing, um, I think thoughtful, strategic embracing of influencers is fabulous. Sure. So how does engagement strategy, I guess, how has engagement strategies changed over the course of, of your career? Hmm, that is a really good question. I, I think the way I've I think about it has has changed a lot. You know, I when I worked uh, for my first association, I was really in the the camp of you know we just need to figure out our value proposition. We need to you know communicate this correctly. Maybe we're falling behind and we don't have enough value. And um, and it wasn't until I started these interviews that I really started realizing how experiences were so incredibly important. So. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an, an example that that I just love. I remember talking to uh, a woman who was a 20 year member and I asked her what the value of the association was. And she said, I can remember going to my very first conference for the very first time. And, you know, here I was so early in my career and I, I sort of knew who the big players were. And one of these big players who happened to be on the board was circulating through the registration line and she stopped and talked to me, me of all people. I was so green and she stopped and talked to me. And we had this, you know, couldn't have been more than a two second, you know, conversation. 
but it just it made me feel so good that she stopped and talked to me and and there's something that you know switched in my brain and i decided that you know i was going to make the most of that conference and i put on my my extroverted self and i went out and i met all these people and some of them are friends of of mine today and that's the value of of the association so so that's just one story i've heard that story a hundred times and when i ask people what the value of the association is they don't talk about benefits. They don't talk about value in the way we think about value. They 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 tend to talk about experiences. So so that's that I think in my own mindset, that's that's the shift. So what do you think associations can learn from other industries like hospitality or retail? Yeah. One of the things that I I kind of have primed myself to do over the last 10 years is I give myself everyday homework. So when I'm when I'm out in the world, out in the wild, I, I kind of know, I, I make a point to notice and remember experiences, whether they're good, bad, or, or uh, just a miss, an opportunity for experiences. And so, you know, what do we do all, you know, all the time? We go to the gas station, we go to the grocery store, we go to, you know, into shops, we might be traveling, so we stay in a hotel. And every, every time we do any one of those things, we connect with brands and organizations and people. And, and sometimes we have these magical experiences that are surprising and wonderful. And, and most of the time, you, you, you know, maybe you have like a bad experience, but, but, but when you're doing this kind of everyday homework of noticing your experience, experiences, you can start to think about, okay, that was really interesting. That made me feel really good. Uh, what can I do to, about bringing this back to my organization or my association? So, you know, one example is uh, I've got this really cool um, grocery store near me that has a welcomer. So there's this, mm. this like super extroverted guy. He works for Wegmans. He stands outside the door. And I'm, I think I probably say maybe like, hi, and I'll answer a question. But he's like, he's so wonderful. And, um, and every time I see him, I think, oh, you know, he, gosh, if, if everybody had one of him welcoming their new members to their association, we wouldn't be having this conversation about engagement, right? <laughs> sure. So, so, uh, so yeah. I, I love to think about my everyday homework. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, so how do you use human skills like empathy, listening and questioning to maximize technology for engagement? Hmm. Okay. So, so I, so what I like to think of in terms of technology platforms is, uh, technology platforms give us the space and opportunity to connect with members, but it takes us to make them engaging. So for example, uh, zoom is like a blank slate, right? And it is what we make of it. And so in my other example, I talked a little bit about how, if you just open up a zoom room and leave people to connect, they might not, but if you open up a zoom room and you ask questions and you have activities planned and, and you make, you know, make it this, the structure that's very experiential, it could be very, very wonderful. So, um, so a lot of platforms are like that. Our, you know, our email platforms are a blank slate and it's the, you know, the, the text and the words and, and all of that that we use that help to create an experience. And so, so I think, you know, that's, um, that's a case for almost all tech platforms is, 
is they're giving us the opportunity to connect with members and we need to take that opportunity and think about how to turn it into a very positive experience. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great advice. So um, Amanda, I really want to thank you for all your advice. This is, this is exciting. Um, I hope our listeners are going to want to purchase your book and um, so they know what to do and, and, and where can they contact you if they want to learn more? And I mean, I will mention to our audience that you do do speaking engagements. You've done some speaking engagements for some of our customers and it's always extremely well received. And I get, I get the kudos for connecting them with you. So I'll take it. I'm like, Oh yeah. So, um, so, uh, how can they kind of, how can they get in touch with you or learn more about, about you and, and what you can offer? Yeah, absolutely. Th- th- thank you. Those are words, music to my ears. Um, so you can Google me, Amanda Lee Kaiser, and it's L-E-A. Uh, uh, my website is amandaleekaiser.com. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Amanda Kaiser, Amanda Lee Kaiser. And, uh, and the, the book is Elevating Engagement. Um, so you can find that on, uh, on Amazon and worldwide on online retailers. That's, that's great. So it was, uh, it was great spending some time with you today. I really, really appreciate your time. And um, this is exciting stuff. And um, hopefully we can talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Sherry. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.